east of Sukkot is here. The last of them. Been here for four Fridays, and I'll be here next week for Victory Partner Days, which is the the entire week of the Feast of Tabernacles. And if you all ever notice, I always put them uh, on the Feast of Tabernacles when I can, because it's just a great week. It's one of my favorite weeks, and we all get to hang out, and we spend all day here, so it's, we might as well be in a sukkah, because we're eating and spending time together, so... All right, so we're going to talk about branches. We're talking about all the different things that are a part of it, and there's uh, another couple of the fun things that God has you do. So there's a special regimen of sacrifices that were to be brought on the altar at Tabernacles, and this one speaks so much of what we were talking in the early part, which is on the first day they were to bring 13 bulls, 2 rams, and 14 lambs. And every day after the sacrifices would repeat. They did this every day, but with one less bull. In all, 70 bulls were brought and sacrificed. One for each nation in existence at the time that God promised would be blessed. Remember Genesis 12, all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Mm. So this feast, this festival was geared toward the nations to bless them. I mean, isn't that amazing? Yes. The, the whole time this whole thing was all about eternity and that this kingdom was to expand. So Zechariah says, Then it will be that all the nations who have come against Jerusalem and survived will go up each year to worship the king, the Lord of hosts, and to celebrate the Feast of Tabernacles. And that's during this season, the Feast of Tabernacles represents the millennium, the thousand-year reign of Christ on the earth. So you see, all the feasts are intimately connected through the work of Jesus, the Passover, because Christ, the first fruits, was raised from the dead. So it starts with Jesus. He's the Passover. He becomes Christ, the first fruits. He is raised. Then at Pentecost, those first fruits produced a ripened harvest that was filled with the Holy Spirit. In the fall, that harvest becomes the nations gathered to celebrate. It says in Revelation 7, After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. What's the deal with the palm branches? Well, besides your gifts at Sukkot or Tabernacles, you bring two things. A citron in your left hand and a lulav. Isn't that a fun word? What is that? A lulav. It's a palm branch, two myrtle branches, and two willow branches all bound together. Hmm. A lulav. I just like the word. On the seventh day, which is called the Hoshana Rabbah, the great Hosanna, Willow branches were beaten against the pavement next to the great altar to symbolize the casting away of the nation's sins. At this time, the people waved their lulavs, their palm branches, while the Levites chanted the Hallel. Now, you might recognize this. Just think it's Psalms 113 through 118. They would shout the voice announcing the coming of the Messiah is heard. The name of this day, Hosanna, comes from the closing words of Psalm 118, which reads, Save now, I beseech thee, O Lord, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Mm. Now, if you were really, really observant... You'd have to be really observant. This isn't the only time the Hallel Psalms were chanted by the people. Now, remember what, I, what feast I connected the Feast of Tabernacles to? To Passover. And on Palm Sunday, when Jesus entered Jerusalem for the Eastern Gate, the multitudes who went before and those who followed cried out saying, 
Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Mm. Why do they choose those words? The words Hosanna in Hebrew is Hoshina. It literally means save, please. And in part of Psalm 118, one of six psalms of the Hillel, these were the songs of praise and thanksgiving always used during the feast of Passover, unleavened bread, as well as in tabernacles. Jesus would actually recite Psalm 118 during the Last Supper, and he would hear it echoing over and over while he hung on the cross, as it was chanted by the priests as they slaughtered hundreds of thousands of lambs. Here's some of those words from Psalm 118. This is the gate of the Lord through which the righteous shall enter. The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing mm. is marvelous in our eyes. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Bind the sacrifice with cords to the horns of the altar. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good for his mercy endures forever. And I'm just always have been amazed. He wrote that, prepared that, so he would hear it as he hung on the cross. Mm. Man. And then there's the river of life. Also a big part of this feast. Water. The seventh day became known as the great day. The people developed these special observances and traditions to mark this special day in Israel. The most spectacular of these was called the water drawing ceremony. There was a parade of worshipers and flutists led by the priests to the Pool of Siloam. You've been down there, and you know right there you, there's the uh, pilgrimage road where you walk up. The priest has two golden pitchers. One is for wine, fills the other with water from the pool. As the flutes continue to play, a choir of Israelites are chanting Psalm 118. The whole procession heads back to the temple through the water gate. A trumpet sounds as the priest enters the temple area. He approaches the altar where two silver basins are waiting, and he pours wine into one of the basins as a drink offering to the Lord and water from a pool of Siloam into the other. Isaiah 12 And in that day you will say, O Lord, I praise thee, though you are angry with me. Your anger has turned away and you comfort me. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For Yah, the Lord is my strength and song. He's become my salvation. Therefore, with joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. See, the ceremony was to thank God for his provision and to ask him to provide rain for the crops in the coming year because the, the new planting was about to start. See, today we take water for granted. We turn the tap on and water pours out in the Middle East during the first century. Water was often scarce. The people were very much aware of their dependence on God for the rains. They were so vital for the preservation of life. They're pouring out water. It's precious to say quickly, come quickly, quickly. Come quickly, Messiah. We trade everything for you. You're more precious. Now, there's two very significant kinds of water sources. Genesis 26, and Isaac dug the wells of water, which they had dug in the days of Abraham, his father, for the Philistines had stopped them after the death of Abraham. Also, Isaac's servants dug in the valley, found a well of springing water there. Wells are efforts at men's hard labor, you see, but springs come to you as a gift from God. So let's go back to the feast, John chapter 7. On the last, greatest day of the festival, you know, the ceremony's going on, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, what do you think he'd say? Huh? Let everyone who's thirsty come to me and drink. Mm. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. And you see that in Hebrew, the phrase springing water literally means living water. 
See, this is part of the significance of the story of the woman at the well with Jesus. When Jesus spoke of the spring type, the living water, she knew there was no spring around. So he must be talking about prophecy. The rock they carried in the desert that brought forth water came from Rephidim and Meribah. And Jesus prophesied, and that lady recognized the promises of a future Moses. The leaders grew angry at that water ceremony with Jesus, comparing himself to God, who caused Moses to make water come from the rock. You remember Moses. The Lord said to Moses, take the staff and you and your brother Aaron, gather the people together, speak to that rock before their eyes, and it'll pour out water. It'll bring water out of the rock for the community so they and their livestock can drink. And the leader said to Jesus, of course, a prophet does not come out of Galilee. But, of course, Isaiah 9 says something different. There'll be no more gloom for those who were in distress. In the days he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, but in the future he'll honor Galilee of the Gentiles. By the way of the sea along the Jordan, the people walking in darkness seen a great light. Well, those living in the land of shadow of death, a light has dawned. And that's actually the next symbol we'll jump into for Tabernacles, Sukkot, light.